0: Hello and welcome to another episode of 15-Minute Theology. My name is Tyler Burton, and this is a podcast covering the central truths of the Christian faith in about, hopefully, somewhere, sometimes, 15 minutes. Uh, On today's episode, we are talking through probably the least popular topic, not only in this season, but actually probably in the entirety of uh, this project of 15-Minute Theology, the wrath of God. What is it? What does it mean? And for a keen observer of the podcast, Why is it that we're actually titling this God's Wrath and not God is Wrath? We've had a lot of is, now we're not doing that. What's going on here? Well, somebody who can help us with this is Dr. Jeremy Treat. Jeremy is the pastor for Preaching and Vision at Reality Church in LA. He's also the author of numerous books and articles. He really does some amazing stuff. Dr. Treat, Jeremy, thanks for coming on.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. I don't know what to make of the fact that you invited me for the most unpopular idea, but here I am. If
0: anything, it's an honor, right? Because then I think you can do it. That's what, I, that's what it is, right? I think you're going to do great. No, no doubt in my mind. So let's lay the groundwork here. Uh, I mean, culturally, the wrath of God is not a popular idea. Uh, I think it's just the American consciousness or just in kind of, or almost this Western consciousness. We have a lot of front-loaded notions when we hear the term the wrath of God. Could you just give us some basic groundwork? When we are saying the wrath of God, what do we mean? Give us a definition.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we should start by acknowledging what people automatically think of. And when they hear the wrath of God, they usually think of like a red-faced deity with a bad temper and a short fuse. Like God is just like shaken up, soda can, ready to burst on anyone who does anything wrong. And it's like God is irrational and has this uncontrollable rage, and he finds pleasure in punishing the wicked. So. Mm. I want to do away with that. That's not the biblical understanding of who God is. I want to say God's wrath is not a divine temper tantrum, but is rather his wholly settled opposition to that which seeks to corrode his good creation. God's Mm -hmm. wrath is not a whimsical display of rage. It's the measured enactment of his holy and just love. And so when we talk about the wrath of God, we're talking at one level about like, the emotion of anger, but I think it's more than that. It's anger towards an action of righteous judgment. So God is angry at sin, evil, wickedness, uh, and that leads to judgment as a display of his justice. So that's that's a basic understanding of what the wrath of God is not and what it is.
0: Super good, super helpful. Uh, It reminds me of one definition I read that said it's legitimate and controlled. Not flying off the handle like that. That's very. That's really helpful. What you just gave us there. So then, the reason I asked you to join this episode is I read your article on the Gospel Coalition that said God's wrath is not an attribute of God, and I was like, "Huh? Hold on. What's going on here? This is TGC. Like, what's happening here?" And I read it through, and I'm like, "Oh, I see what he's doing. Okay, I see what Jeremy's doing here. So can you can you help us see why we are not saying that God is wrath, uh, but that actually." this is something happening. This is something God is doing. This is not something who he is.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll first say that I didn't pick that title. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> it worked.
1: And it's actually an excerpt out of my book coming out on the atonement, which gets into a lot more depth around that. But yeah, the idea here is that we can say God is love. We can say God is holy. We say God is just, but God is not wrath. And that's because God's wrath is the rightful expression of his holy love in the face mm. of sin and evil. So if if wrath is God's response to sin, wickedness, evil, then it's not essential to who his character is. Because before the foundation of the earth, the triune God existed in perfect love, joy, holiness, and peace. So, that's so there good. was no wrath in God before the foundations of the earth because there was no sin. So mm. God's wrath arises from his holy love in opposition to wickedness in our fallen world. So wrath mm. only exists where sin exists. It's not like God was, you know, before the creation of the world, it's like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden there's just an outburst of anger, like a flare up here or there. Like, right. know, this is his measured response to evil. And so that's why I think, you know, we need to uphold the biblical doctrine of the wrath of God. I mean, you, well, I I forget, I think it was Graham Cole who said, you eviscerate the storyline of the Bible if you remove Mm. the wrath of God. So it's such a powerful idea throughout scriptures, but we also have to understand it in the right place. And so when I say wrath is not an attribute of God, some would uh, would, um, disagree with the way I put that and say, well, it's not an essential attribute of God. But I'm saying, Wrath is not who God is. He is a holy God. He's a loving right. God. And wrath is his response to evil and injustice.
0: Yeah. That is a much better picture of God. Uh, and honestly a more uh in in enticing, enjoyable. Like I that's a God to worship, right? Rather yeah. than the God who potentially could just be upset at me for no reason. Right. That's there's a beautiful thing linked in that there. Um, so then you you wrote this book on the atonement. That's how this idea of wrath of God, I came across it, that's how it's being communicated here. C- can you help us see how actually the cross of Jesus teaches us uh, even more specifically about what the wrath of God is?
1: Yeah, so I mean, the the cross is the remedy to the world's ailment. And we have to understand then what is the problem, if we're going to understand the solution. And Mm. so the problem is multidimensional. I mean, we are under the power of the enemy. We are blind to the glory of God. Uh, We are enslaved to our sin, on and on and on. But a key part of the problem, according to scripture, is that in our sin, we are under the wrath of God. And you see this, want the Old Testament, you see this in the New Testament, that we have sinned, and God's righteous, holy response to our sin is wrath and judgment. And so, when Christ goes to the cross, he's he's coming to a multi-dimensional problem with a multi-dimensional solution. So, so good. what I don't like to do is say the cross is only about dealing with the wrath of God. Um, mm. It's also all these other things: uh, victory over the powers and a revelation of God's love, and we're adopted into His family. So it's many things, but one really key one to that is that the cross deals with the problem of humanity being under the wrath and judgment of God. And that happens Mm -hmm. by Christ bearing our punishment in our place. And so, I mean, you have this in Romans chapter 3, where it talks about God is righteous, God is just, and the cross is a display of God's love, but the cross is also a display of the wrath of God. He's not a God who looks at sin, evil, and wickedness and just brushes it off or says, ah, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Like, okay, I'll let it go this time. The cross is where you see the wrath of God being poured out on our sin in the Son of God. And so it's amazing to think of that. I mean, the the technical word for this in Scripture is propitiation. To think that Jesus is our pr- propitiation, meaning that he bears the wrath that we deserve. And so that in my sin, I'm under the judgment of God, guilty. I deserve wrath. And yet because of the cross, mm. I, I see God as father, as as who completely loves me and is for me and is not upset with me, is not angry with me, is not disappointed in me. He rejoices over me. He sings over me as his child. I mean, that's just glorious good news. So, understanding the problem of the wrath of God, but then the solution in the cross of Christ. It's so important and and at the heart of the very gospel.
0: Yeah, it's just beautiful. Um, I I have a lot of people that I talk with who would hear something along these lines and would say, okay, you know what? Like, gosh, that is gorgeous. That's amazing. But I don't even know if I want God to have wrath. Um, I, I want a God who's going to be a little bit different. I, I really don't, I wish he wasn't like this. Um, I think we also, in what you're saying, you're, you're showing how we need to come to to a broken world with actually good reasons why it's actually a good thing that God upholds his character in this way. Um, why would you say it is a good thing? Why, why is God good in that he is carrying out his justice in this way?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And I, I do think that for Christians when it comes to the wrath of God, we shouldn't just like affirm it begrudgingly or like Mm. embarrassed, like, all right, I believe it because the Bible says so, but I'm going to kind of like hide it because it feels really weird and abrasive to our culture. I actually think when we understand the biblical doctrine of the wrath of God, that we will rejoice and we will praise God for who he is. and. I think actually this is, it's really timely to have this discussion because we live in an age where we are more aware of the injustices all around the world than we've ever been. There's always yeah. been lots of injustice and evil, but because of social media, 24-hour news cycle, um, smartphones, I mean, we're just overwhelmed by the amount of evil that children being taken advantage of, the weak being oppressed. So I, it's just happening all around us and we're constantly seeing it. And the question is, is how would we hope God would respond to that? Hmm. And of course, God can look down on injustice with love and compassion for victims, but he also looks upon it with a righteous anger. And yeah. would we not want God to be angry about some of the evils that are taking place in our world? I mean, I think hmm. about, I'll never forget reading um, Miroslav Wolf on this. And he comes from Croatia, Croatian theologian. And he talks about how he grew up in a horrific environment. His village, his city was decimated. A lot of his family members were taken advantage of, killed all of this. I mean, it's, it's horrific. And he says something like, only people who grow up in comfort and luxury can struggle with the question, how could God be wrathful? Hmm. He said, when you, when you come from an environment like that, where, where uh, you're under oppression and evil, the question is not, how could God be wrathful? The question is, how could God not be wrathful? Yeah. How could a good God look on this and not respond with a righteous anger? So I actually think, um, the more we see the injustices and wickedness in our world, The more we praise God as a holy, loving God, um, who who uh, will hold all evil accountable at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, it's it's better. It's better than what my version could be. Yeah, that's remarkable. Yeah, you you've touched on a few pieces of this already, but I'm I'm curious how in your discipling of people as a pastor, in your work and your preaching, uh, and helping people walk their Christian life. In what ways would you say that this beautiful and difficult doctrine of God's wrath, um, actually shapes and informs our discipleship to Jesus?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've touched on a couple of things, um, but, but three come to mind. One is, is I, I think the doctrine of propitiation, as much as it's like this big word that feels really intimidating, yeah. it's so practical. Because I can wake up every day and know that God's not upset with me. God's uh, not disappointed. Praise God. Yeah. How many Christians do we know who feel they they believe God is love and they believe this and that, but the way they live their lives is deep down they think God's mm. upset with me. Mm. Because I didn't read my Bible enough. I didn't do this thing. I slipped up again. I struggled with that sin. And look, I'm not denying any of that. Like our sin we need to take our sin very seriously. But if you're a Christian, Christ has borne your the punishment that you deserve already. And mm-hmm. God does not look on you with anger, with wrath, with judgment. Um, That's been forgiven. He looks on you and sees the righteousness of his son. And so that's amazing that you don't have to ever live, yeah, w- wonder how God views you. So that's yeah. one thing. Second is we were just talking about all the injustice in the world. I think this longing for judgment, I think Mm. when, when we see evil and injustice in our world to lament that, to praise God as a God of justice, um, who, who takes very seriously the wickedness and evil that's taking place in our world and to praise him as a God who responds to evil with righteous anger. And then I think, I think the third one is the way that this practically should motivate us is towards evangelism. Yeah, If we really believe that all of sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and God's response to sin is wrath and judgment, then it should motivate us so much to want to share the gospel, this good news that your greatest problem has already been solved in the cross of Christ, mm-hmm. and trust in Christ, and God does take your sin seriously. But he's already accomplished what's necessary for you to be forgiven, for you to be made new, uh, for you to be drawn into his kingdom. So I actually think the more seriously we take wrath and even hell, the more uh. it then motivates us towards evangelism to want to go to the lost and and proclaim to them who God is and what he's done for them.
0: Yeah. And, and just like in those three things you're saying, the cross becomes sweeter. Uh, sweeter in our evangelism, sweeter in our understanding of just injustice in the world and sweeter in just our daily life uh, reminds me of the hymn, like, I have no other argument, I need no other plea it is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me and that's you know. what this can, can point us to. And Jeremy, thank you so much, thank you for this just Christ-centered, gospel-dripping walkthrough of the wrath of God super thankful for your time. Thank you for joining us as well and we will see you next time on 15 Minute Theology